You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's another day. It's another good day because we still won the last time the Packers played. And we get to say that for a couple more days, and that's awesome. So every day, just this is, this is why football is awesome and horrible. When the Packers lose, you just got to wake up and, and deal with it every day and just hope that next week is better. And if it's not, then it's just oh, another week. But Packers had their down week, week one. Bounce back week two, same old story, but tough upcoming week this week. We'll get a we'll get a vibe check, checking the vibes, see how the fans are feeling, see how their vibes are doing. Stupidest thing. Anyways, let's start checking those vibes. We'll start with Garrett. Hi, how's your vibes doing, Garrett? The story you are about to hear. The names have been changed, but the story is true. <laughs> Oh, hey, uh, I'm sorry about your mail. Um, I was laughing at something I was listening to on my phone, and I accidentally spit coffee all over it. Uh, I'm really sorry about that. Um, oh, I'm really sorry about that. What was it about? Uh, it was about a, a Vikings player, and he was uh, making fun of Kirk Cousins' voice. Oh, you're a Bears fan. Oh, um, did you? Well, who did you guys play this weekend? Oh, the Packers. Did you win? Oh, uh, I see. I guess it wasn't raining. Oh, uh, sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> yeah. You want my, you want my boss's number? Really? Okay. Uh, his name's Todd Packer. Uh, his number is 608 501 Yeah. Sorry about that again. I'll try not to let that happen again. Yeah. Oh, Todd Packer. That would have been such a better and that's name. How it went. That should have been that would have been such a better name than Pack Daddy. Todd Packer. Just call me Todd Packer. Dang it. Now I gotta stick with this stupid daddy thing. I hope that story's true. I mean, I know part of it is at least true, but I'm I'm curious if any parts aren't true, what are they? Because I, I need all of that to be real. Every time I start the podcast, they finally drop the All-22. It's like, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. This happened last week, too. Tired of waiting. We're just going to do the podcast. And as soon as I start, as soon as I start, 
Here's the all 22. So I'm going to be distracted now because I can't not play it. All right, I'm fine. I'm, nope, we're pausing it. We're not doing that. Don't care. Not important. Let me know um, how much of that was real. Actually, Garrett called back again. What's up, man? What's going hey, on? Hey, Ryan's Garrett. What's up? I am really enjoying this laughing at the enemy week. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to squeeze every bit of juice out of this orange that I can. Right. And now that Fields uh, comment uh, about it hurts more for them in the locker room than it does for the fans right. because they aren't putting in any work. Right. Holy <laughs> moly. I don't think there's enough monsoons <laughs> in Chicago to put out this fire. This one's a doozy. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I don't think I played it, but um, our buddy, Mr. Phil Atachin, I think, he had a... I was watching a video. He had a former bear on. He's got a lot of big guests on his show. He's had Urlacher on his show and, and uh, Kroots, I think, was on his show. Anyways... He's got this regular show that he does with a former uh, bear, I believe. I think I said Packer. I mean bear. And he was talking about it. He's like, I'll be honest, man. It kind of ticked me off. It, it just really didn't rub me the right way. And obviously the fa- the the player was like, you know, well, he's, he's a young guy, whatever. Leave him alone. But Bears fans are not – I mean, they're in a bad mood as it is, right? And um, to be suffering the way that they are and to have the guy that played like garbage and largely caused this loss – to go up to the podium and say, you guys, you know, don't have anything to cry about. We're the ones that actually put in the work. It's not as, it's not an exact quote, but dang, man, that would, that would kind of tick me off if, uh, if, if that was our quarterback, that's even if it's true, which it, I'm sure it is, you know, <laughs> you're the one playing and you lost. It probably stings more than the fans, but I think maybe he underestimates what it's like being a fan because we can be a little, little crazy. I think uh, the fans are going to turn on him quicker than uh, yeah. uh, flipping a flapjack over a grilled uh, fire. So you we'll see what happens. Um, Chicago hasn't seen this kind of fire since uh, that cow kicked over a lantern. We'll have a good one, Ryan. Talk to you later. Um, apparently, you're not south enough in southern Illinois to get those Claytonisms just quite right. But it's better than I can do. I mean, the further south you are, actually, I think it probably starts to flip. You get you get down south, then you get right where Clayton is, and that's like prime time Claytonism stuff. And then as you go further south, it's actually less southern, which is weird. And then you get down to Florida, and it's basically like the Midwest of the of the South because it's all just old retired people that want to be on vacation with palm trees and stuff, you know. But uh, you get up to Georgia, you're in the south, and then you keep kind of again you you move north and you get more rednecky it's, i don't know exactly how it works i'm not going to try to educate people on the south considering i've been there like eight times in my life but that's that's my impression of how things go but yeah fields is uh i i, I think you're right i think they're going to start turning on them pretty quick because that's just how it goes i mean you you make excuse it's easy to make excuses for a guy when he's not playing in the off season and last year he didn't play a ton and da 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 but again, all the excuses got put onto their head coach, and that guy's gone, and a new guy came in. The new guy's a genius, and Nagy's a genius, and they're going to get this all figured out. And then Fields has done nothing. And now, again, they're trying. Now it's like, well, he hasn't had enough opportunities, even while acknowledging that it was his own fault because he sucked that he didn't get any opportunities. They still are like, well, you can't develop, and you can't learn if you don't get opportunities. So that's the problem. But that isn't going to last forever because even if he only throws 11 times a game, by midseason, he's thrown, you know, a couple games worth of throws. And if he's not good, then that is somewhat of a problem. Six-pack daddy, what's going on, brother? Hey, Ryan. 
This is Six Pack Daddy. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, I used to call into a Chicago radio station. Back then, it was WMAQ. Okay. And back then, I was I was known as Packer Matt. Okay. Um, Packer Matt. Since then, I've you know I've chugged I've chugged some beer. Right. And I had a bunch of kids. Okay. And so now I'm I'm six six pack daddy. I get it. Um, in college, I was 21 years old. Yeah. And, and now I'm I'm 51 years old. Wow. And I, I guess I'm I'm giving you my resume, <laughs> just kind of like to let you know that this is not. This is not my first rodeo. Right. I've, you know, I've called sports shows before. So right. I'm, I know what I'm talking and I'm, and I'm good at this. Right. No. And I, I just wanted to kind of share this sentiment with you that, like, I'm very impressed with our roster. Like, watching that game on Sunday, it was just clear how much better Packers players are just in general. Right. Across the whole field. Right. Than the Bears players. And it was clear of all, like, if you're watching the Bears – and how they're just like throwing away draft picks through the years. And it's like, they are so stuck right now. You know, I, I think they gave away two number ones to get fields. And they, I think they gave away two number ones to get Khalil Mack. And I, I apologize. I'm, I'm very emotional about this. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but I just wanted to kind of bring some positivity to the show. Yeah. And just like kind of just let, let everybody know how proud of this team that I am. And I just I want us to not take for granted just the, the amazing amount of talent that's on that screen. Yep. And I just I guess it just looks like we didn't get here by accident. And um, I just you know I'm hopeful. Um, so okay, gotta go by. Well, I appreciate the call, Six Pack Daddy. That's Six Pack Daddy. I don't believe he has any tattoos, but I'm not positive. Um, no, you're you're right. The the Bears suck at building teams. It's it's. This is what I have a hard time trying to get across to Bears fans who want to pretend that they, they're kind of on the same even plane as the Packers. If you don't have good players, you're not going to have a good team. You can't just manifest this, you know, with good feelings and good vibes in the offseason. You have to actually do stuff. You know how people talk about all the first-round picks and everything that's on this Packers defense? That's because they've invested a lot and put it on the defense. Their money and their picks because they've had a lot of picks. Twice, I believe it's twice now, in Brian Gutekunst's very short tenure, we've had two first-round picks. If I'm not mistaken, all four of them went to defense. All four of them are still playing on this current defense. And the Bears just have done a terrible job of building a roster. And you're right, they throw away picks like it's nothing. Same thing the Rams do. And yeah, it worked in their favor for, you know, the, same with the Buccaneers. I mean, you can go, I mean, the, the Rams and the Bucks are the only two teams that have gone like all the way all in. Every team kind of goes all in, kind of halfway, dip your toe in the water. You know, you do that thing where you like go up to about mid thigh and then you're like, I don't think I can commit much further because, you know, things will get very cold and I, I don't think I can handle this. And then you just get out. And then you got those teams that are just like, you know what? I'm just going to cannonball this thing, man. I'm just going to get it over all at once. And, and while you're underwater, you're in agony. And by the time you get up to the top, it's starting to get a little bit better. And you just swim like crazy trying to warm up, you know? And after a couple seconds, you're, you're over it and you're feeling pretty good. And the Bucks and the Rams are the two teams that, that, that have done that successfully. But not everybody can be successful. And the Bears tried it. They went all in real heavy, going out, getting all these guys, giving away all the picks. I don't need them. Give me Khalil Mack. 
keep trading up. They trade up for Trubisky. That was a disaster. They trade up for Foles. That was seemingly a disaster. They trade up for Tevin, uh, Tevin Jenkins, which they seem excited about him, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's going to pan out as being a pretty solid guard. I don't know about giving away extra picks to go up and get a guard, but whatever. And then, you know, as per usual, the Bears don't have first-round picks. So this year, their first pick comes in the second round. Their first second-round pick seems to be a complete disaster. It's very early. Maybe he'll develop, but it is going horribly. They're very excited about Brisker. Maybe he ends up being kind of decent. I I don't know, but they're putting themselves in a position where you have to be really good at drafting. I mean, how many times did uh, you make fun of the Bears' former GM? But it wasn't even necessarily that he was a bad drafter. It was simply a matter of he didn't give himself any ability to draft anybody. David Montgomery was like his first pick one year, like in the fourth round, third round, fourth round, because they gave away all the other picks. Anyways, let's uh, let's vibe with Jeremy a little bit. What's going on, Jeremy? Hey, what's going on, Ryan? What up? This is Jeremy from California. Um, You might recognize me more by uh, my handle on Twitter. Uh, which is also just Jeremy. There you go. Nailed it. But uh, anyways, uh, first-time caller, um, so, so I'm looking forward to, to hearing myself make a fool out of myself yes. in the morning. Um, but it, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I was um, – first of all, let me say, and I'm going to ramble. Do it. Um, I hope there's no limit to this thing. Cause it could, Three minutes. I imagine I'm going to get cut off. That's fine. Call um, back. But – You did. Um. Let me just say I love I love everything you guys are doing. I love all all your your you know everything on the network. Um, you guys are you guys are great. Love it. Thank you. Um, I've wanted to call in uh, for a while now since since you kind of really started this uh, Packernet after dark thing. Um, oh, let, let me also say I think I think the Packer Night podcast. I, I think that would have been a home run. Sometimes a thing just writes itself. You know, um, so, uh, you know, Swing maybe miss. missed opportunity there. Dang but it. this is, you know, this is still good. Still good. Um, but I've, I've been wanting to call, but I, you know, I, I haven't really. I was really torn on that. And then at, the more I thought about it, I was like, Packer Knight feels stupid. Plus, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the deciding factor was. But by the time I decided, I was like 100% in. And now that you're telling me this again, it's like, you know, that does sound pretty cool. Packer Knight. Sorry. I failed. I failed you. I'm sorry. Had anything that I thought was worth talking about um, until the other day um, when uh, I think it was like three or four episodes ago, you were talking about um, doing the, the live cast or the, the, the live streams of the game and and how you hate when you have to catch a reaction early, you know, yeah. whether it's good, whether it's bad, um, you don't really want to know. And, and, uh, and that's, you know, that's what happens every time you're you're uh you know doing that stream is somebody is always going to be a little bit ahead of you and and uh i'm the, i'm the same way man I, I hate it yep i hate it so much i've actually um over the last several years managed to 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 train my friends not to uh not to call me not right. to text me not to do anything i don't even want to i don't even want if i get a a text from somebody that I know is going to be watching the game. And even if I don't read it, like I just to know that something happened. Exactly. Bad, exactly. Good, my mind always goes bad. Yep. Um, it's, it's just, I hate it. So I've, I've successfully trained them not to do that. But my question to you, 
let me pause you there because here here is how bad it, it can get for me. And I think Blaine was kind of on the same wavelength as me. Once in a while, I'd be ahead of him. Sometimes he'd be ahead of me. It would just kind of depend. But you, you'd get a text message. And this went both directions. But let's just say in this case, he sent me a message. And it would be like, dang, that was awesome. And I'm I'm watching the game and I'm like, I didn't see anything awesome, which means something awesome is about to happen, which is good and it's better than a, a bad thing. But then when that awesome thing happens, you just kind of sit there and go, oh, there it was. Rather than freaking out and screaming, like, ah, that was amazing. So then you got to, yeah, you got to tell them like, dude, you're ahead. Just cool it. So we would kind of like send each other like dot, dot, dot or whatever, kind of making it as long as I don't know if it's good or bad. I can kind of get over it. Like either something bad happened or something good happened. I'm always assuming something crazy is about to happen anyways. And usually it's true because it's you only get three down. So even on a third and two, if you don't get it, that's... If you gain one yard on a third and two, that's a crazy play. doesn't feel crazy, but it is because it's crazy, awful, and horrible, and it makes you angry, and now we got to punt and our lives are over, right? That's how that goes. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was to that point where it was we'd have to tell each other, hey, you're ahead, cool it. So we, he started getting text messages that'd be like, let me know when you know. <laughs> so then you wait and you're like, all right, something's about to happen. And then, you, then you'd respond and then we could talk about it. But it's, it's basically like, I want to talk about this, but I don't want to tell you what happened. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awful. I was also a freak about, I remember my grandparents would always get upset because they're like, why don't we record the game? That way, if we get home late, we can just like watch it recorded. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? It has to be live. Why would I want... Like, I, I need to feel like it's. I'm seeing it happen as it's happening. I don't know what it is. I've kind of gotten over that a little bit because I watch it on, like, Hulu. And it's, like, five plays delayed. So I'm basically watching it recorded even when it's quote-unquote live. So that that thing in my brain has kind of died. But, no, I can't... Uh, I can't handle it, man. I need, to, I need to experience it as though I'm there. Which is weird coming from a guy that refuses to go to a football game. But it's like, I have to see it. As it's happening, not recorded. I don't want to find out from somebody else. I need to experience it myself. So it's it's one of those things. Either you know, you know. Because even as I think, like Clayton thinks, I'm kind of stupid with that whole thing. Like I don't know, it's kind of weird, but I guess I'll slow it down for you. If you don't understand it, I can't explain it because it's it's. I, I acknowledge that it's stupid, and I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is. But if you if you know, you know. Who is? Because um, I've got I've got a few. Um... I've got a few examples of this that, that really kind of bothered me. Uh, but, um, I'm already rambling, like I said, and 10 uh, seconds. Well, I think I'll just give one this time, but I, I, my question to you is, do Five you seconds. have any examples of, yes. you know? Yeah. So I, I, I kind of did, but I want to get to the rest of your call here. You called back and then we'll, maybe elaborate depending on what specifically your question is. Hey, hi again, Ryan. Hey man. Um, just got caught up. You uh, did cut off. You did. I'm, I'm not sure yep. if, uh, if I hit that time limit or not. Yep. Um, but before I, the call just got dropped. Um, but off to a great start already with, uh, the rambling. Oh, good man. It's what we do um, here. It's all I know how to do. What were we talking about? Oh, strippers. Um, <laughs> What? Yeah, you know, I I feel like what I did you like, say? However, you know, you can earn your money. Go ahead and earn your money. If you're not hurting anybody, wait. No, no, no. That's that's, that's, that's that was a different show you podcast. called. I think. Yep, this is a football show. Oh, it was Packers uh, Packernet after the Packer Night podcast. And if you had any examples, so so yeah, here's so here's my first one. Yeah. Um, 
you know, my dad was terrible about it. Um, and, and it took me a long time to, to get him to stop doing it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd even tell him, like, I'd, I'd call him in the morning, like, if I've been working a Sunday and the game's on and, and I've got to have it recorded or maybe it's a Monday night game or a Thursday night game and I'm like, I'm getting back late from work and I'm, I'm going to miss like half of it. Um, I'll have it recorded and I would call him and tell him, be like, Hey, listen, don't, don't call me, don't text me, don't nothing. Yep. Um, because I, I don't, I don't want to know anything. Um, if you need to call me, call me. I'm going to answer. So, like, this happened literally like three or four times where I would do that, and he would say okay, and then he would call me like either you know after, usually after the game, and he of course you know been enjoying himself and he's a little trashed and he would uh, not answer the phone and I and I tell him too like I would start the conversation with all right hey dad. Do not tell me anything about the game. And he'd just be on the other end. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. You guys are fine. You guys are fine. <laughs> and I would not be mean because I love my dad. Right. Um, man, that made me mad. Yep. I didn't want to know. Like, right. I, whether we're winning or losing, I want to watch it. I want to. I wanna... Well, and the, it, let me just. Here's the thing. If the, if the, let's just say the game was recorded. And I got home, game's over, and somebody said Packers won. I wouldn't want to watch it. Like, I, I would watch it, but it's like the whole thing is ruined. Because every single play, for me anyways, for me, every play is is tied to the question of, are we going to pull this off? Every bit of suspense, every bit of everything is about, I don't know if we're going to win. That's why I'm such a psychopath, and it'll be... The first drive, we go three and out, and it's like, it's over. We lost. The the, the, the stupid team, the stupid... If if I know... And maybe this is why some people are so calm, because they're the end result isn't... It's, it's the experience, or maybe they're just confident, like, oh, we got this. I don't know. But I'm not that way. And for me, every single play is tied to how it impacts the ultimate result of, are we going to win this game or not? And I don't know, and I'm freaking out, and it's crazy, and that's... All the disappointment, all the excitement, every single play is all about that one thing. Are we going to win? If I know, I don't need to watch anymore. I don't want, I mean, I'm, I, again, I will watch it, but there's no excitement. There's no nothing. Like every big play is like, oh, cool. So yeah, that, that would drive me. If, if, if I got a phone call and they're like, ah, they'll be all right. Don't worry about it. And I know that they won. That just, I mean, it's been waiting all week for this game and you literally just stole all my joy from this game. So thank you. Well, live it. And he took that from me. Literally. Right. And I can never get those moments back. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. And it makes me sad. Yes. But anyways, um, I mean, at least they won. That's fine. Looking forward to, uh, any examples that you have. I will say this. I should just let you finish because there's like 10 seconds left. If somebody tells me they lost, I'm still not going to be happy about it because now I just found out they lost and I just, I don't get to watch the game. Plus it's recorded. So I was already upset. I didn't get to experience it live like everybody else with the, in the world. But at least then it's like, you don't have to endure all that stress and agony just for it to be a loss. It just, it just sucks, but at least it sucks. And I didn't have to go through that, but it's still not good. It's just a lot better. If they won and you stole all the joy and excitement, man, not happy. Um, again, 
Love the show, dude. Lo- love everything you guys are doing. Uh, go Pack Go. Talk to you later. Thanks a lot for the call, my brother. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. What's up, man? Currently in California. Uh-oh. Um, How's that just going? Just wondered uh, what your thoughts were around the six. We, there are six teams that are 2-0. and oh. Yep. We played five of them, and they're all on the road. Didn't know if that. you consider the London Giants game a road game. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's officially a home game. but Yeah. So we got five games um, on the road. Although I don't consider the Giants a 2-0 and o team, so there's that. Against 2-0 and o teams. Even though they literally are. Well, which of those make you the more most nervous? Um, maybe that hasn't changed since the season started, but I was just checking if uh, uh, what you're thinking about those. Uh, for me, the Bills make me the most nervous, probably followed by the um, the Buccaneers. Well, probably the Eagles and then the Buccaneers. So um, we'll we'll know a little bit more in a week, I guess. But uh, thanks again. Keep up the good work. Bye. Yeah, so I mean, I I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but let, let's just be honest. I'm not. I'm. Let, let me put it this way: even with the injuries, I'm surprised that we're only like one and a half point underdogs in this game. Um, it shouldn't be surprising, but it, Green Bay, you know, the whole Aaron Rodgers in Florida thing, which again isn't as bad as people make it out to be, but it's it's bad. Going to Florida sucks. It just does. Um, the Buccaneers kind of have our number. Tom Brady, like it just the 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 way in which they play, which I talked about before. They got a really good defensive front. They got the really fast linebackers. The only thing that gives me hope, and this is going to make me sound like, oh, you're just a Christian Watson sycophant or whatever. But there were there was somebody on Twitter who was posting clips of Christian Watson just running across the formation and how much the linebackers are unbelievably out of position. He's not going to be doing that every single play, but it is a as I said already, it's a big part of why our run game is working to the extent that it is. And when you're specifically going against guys like in Tampa, one of the biggest strengths they have is their linebackers. And I I stand by the fact that one of their linebackers isn't nearly as good as everybody says they are, but Levante David might be one of the best in football. Oh, he is one of the best. He might be the best. He's in the discussion. If you can get these guys out of position the way we did with like Roquan, who I know he's getting dogged and everything else, but he got embarrassed in this game To, to such an extent that Bears fans are like, this guy's useless, which has never happened before. Maybe it's because he changed position. I don't know. But I, 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 again, you look at these plays where the linebackers are way down on the other side and there's no linebackers anywhere near Aaron Jones who's running to the other side of the formation because Roquan is almost to the other sideline trying to, trying to wall off Christian Watson because they're terrified of his speed. And then the other linebacker who's closer to Aaron Jones' formation is basically dead center of the field, making it real easy for our offensive lineman to get up and reach him and block him. And the thing is, you could say, well, uh, okay, just don't do that anymore. If you don't do that, they hand it to Christian Watson, he gets the edge, and he's gone until, you know, a safety can kind of come around and find him and run him out of bounds. You have to. You have to. But, I mean, you know, do I think we're going to beat the Buccaneers? I don't know, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's possible. I just, I'm kind of jaded about teams like the Bucs and the, and the 49ers. I'll believe it when I see it. But look, everything I said last week, all the stats, Sunday night football, in Lambeau, Rodgers against the Bears, all these things, it goes to show that the Packers are going to beat the Bears. I'm guessing if I run some similar numbers, Packers, Buccaneers, location, all that stuff, probably not going to be as favorable. So certainly the Buccaneers make me nervous. The Giants don't, but I guess I haven't really looked into the Giants all that much. I may have to reevaluate. I mean, the Giants are one of the many teams that I've looked at and said, man, they, they seem to have enough talent. They just need X, Y, Z. Maybe they finally got it. Maybe they got the right coach. They got the the Bills guy over there. 
I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention. I've just been kind of scoffing at the Giants, but maybe, but I don't, I, I don't think so. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a little break, Ratio? Got about six on the other end. So uh, first of all, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Thank you to all the many supporters that have supported the show up to this point. Please remember, we are supporting Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. If you're interested in supporting them, just received an email update on uh, you know how things are going and whatnot. Always good to see the the growth there again. It's been it's been like a 15, 20 year project trying to get this up and going. So there's a uh, I want to say it's like a 16 acre farm that uh, my dad purchased. Uh, they're going to have people living on the property. They have uh, one guy already by the name of Josh. He's going to be living there and working the farm, and it's pretty cool. It's cool to see it all come together, and it's a it really is a beautiful beautiful uh, piece of land. I know our our family went down to go visit. And it was pretty sad thinking, man, this would be nice if this was just a family thing. <laughs> but um, obviously, they're using it for a for a great, great purpose. So FertileGroundRanch.org. If you're interested in learning more information, you can find links uh, pinned to the top of my Twitter as well as a Facebook, Packing a Podcast Facebook group. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Ryan, how's it going, man? Hope you're having a good time out there in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, hi, the Pack Nation. Hey, you know, I 
I'm calling because I'd like to bring up, I've been listening to some of the, the previous shows. You got all got to remember I'm in Alaska, so I'm a few hours behind everybody, so it puts me behind everything. It's all good. I'm having an issue about everybody talking about the, our, our new wide receivers and our young talent and, and the fact that they're not being put out there and pushed forward. But you know what? When do we need these guys? Do we need these guys in week one, two, three, four? Is that when we need them to be great and be all in rhythm and everything happening? Or do we need them in week 20, 21, 22? i.e. the playoffs, those are the times we need them to be great. I don't think we need to push them too hard. I think we need to let them get into the fold, you know, work themselves in. As as you said yourself, high standards don't stay. Guy that's getting, you know, two and three sacks a game, does that last all season? No, he gets that over a couple of weeks, and then he disappears for a month or two. So I I like to just – what we're doing right now. I've um, I've called in before and I've talked about the fact that I'm very pro our running game and we really push the running game because right now that's what we have. And we can let these guys figure out the game while we carry the team with the running game and Rodgers doing what he needs to do with the veteran wide receivers. Let these young guys figure it out. And on top of that, there's not a lot of tape. If, If we give them eight and ten 12 attempts where we're really pounding at them, people got tape. If we give them three and four, there's not as much tape, and we can really hit them on specific things and really hone those skills in for those guys so they have those later in the year, and then we can work in new things as the season goes on. So I think the Packers are doing the right thing. I think the Packers are working these new wide receivers in the best way that they should be worked in, and and it works in my idea of, hey, they're young, and and we need to give them reps. I never really did like the whole sitting guys for their rookie year, yeah. other than the quarterback, because I think it's good for a quarterback. <laughs> good for a quarterback. But hey, I'm waiting for this next game at Tampa. It's, it's going to be a tough one. You know, I, I like to see what we do, and I think if we can push, if we can play ball control and play solid defense, I think we can beat these guys. All right, y'all have a good one. Yes, sir. Um, no, I, I, I generally agree. Again, I think the important thing for me that they're not red shirting, they're not sitting these guys. Um, you know, they're not bringing them along slow. They are with Devonte Wyatt, because as they said, it's one of the, it, Matt LaFleur said it's one of the toughest positions to learn in the NFL and we don't really need him to contribute right away. So they're okay giving him time to develop. Same with Sean Ryan. Don't really need him. You know, if he's ready, cool. If not, you can, you can kind of sit Zach Tom, same thing. We like him. We'd love him to be out there, but we don't need him. But they're pushing these guys out there, and they're not going to do that if they're not ready. And, and I shouldn't say that because they're, they are not exactly ready. But they're, they're making it very clear they want them to contribute. They have the ability, and the team wants them. Rodgers wants them to contribute. Lafleur wants them to contribute. So it's just about bringing those two points a little bit closer together. And you're right. We don't need to force the issue. I, I really believe that as much as I'm, I'm, I wish that they got a little bit more involved in Week One, and I think it could have been a lot of big plays for Watson and all that stuff. I, I think that might have hurt us. And if you look at Week Two, it, despite the frustration that we didn't get the rookies more involved, I think the one of the bigger issues between Week One compared to Week Two was rhythm. And you're having a hard time getting into a rhythm when the rookies are, and and, pe- and people in general are making mistakes, right? Almost bit us in Week Two. Rodgers made a mental error. Josh Myers made a mental error. I'm sure there's several others. 
but you need a, a group of guys that can play just a clean game all the way through. That's how you sustain drives down the field. That's how you get the other team off the field is just we got to be consistent, right? That's what the defense has to do. First down, second down, third down. If you if you mess up on second down, you got to start over, and then you got to start over. You need to consistently beat them so that you can get them off the field. And then consistently do that throughout the game, not just once, but twice and three times, four times, five. And you're not going to be perfect, right? And unless you pitch a shutout, which obviously is rare and shouldn't be expected. But if you want that consistency, I think that makes sense to to lean on guys like Randall Cobb, Alan Lazar, and and those types of guys. And but also bring the other guys along as much as is humanly possible without causing it to be a problem that you know stalls out drive. If you look at, for example, Romeo Dobbs, they tried to get him more involved week two. Not as much Christian Watson. He was all just on the, the end-around stuff, or at least Rodgers never really looked his direction as far as passing beyond the line of scrimmage. But it, they did try with Dobbs. You look at the one play, same thing Christian Watson did. He didn't get his head around fast enough, and the ball sailed right past him. There was another play he wanted to throw to him, and Romeo Dobbs fell. Somebody just posted on Twitter not too long ago a play where Romeo Dobbs beat a guy down the sideline. looked like one of those perfect little pocket things where they're playing zone, and he just sits in that pocket, maybe there was a split second. And it's one of those two, same as we said Christian Watson week one. If this is if this is Devontae, he throws it 10 times out of 10. But there was pressure coming. He hesitated just long enough. Now, he still escaped through a beautiful pass to Aaron Jones, which was a first down, so it didn't matter. Same thing with Christian Watson in this past game. Christian Watson came up and down the sideline, but he didn't bother waiting to find out if that was going to happen because Lazard is there, and even though he's kind of covered, I trust my ability to throw a good enough ball, Lazard's ability to get down where the ball is and catch it, and convert this first down. And I'm okay with that. So long as everybody else is doing it and able to sustain drives down the field while slowly bringing those other guys along, because even though they didn't get the ball, there's still a lot to teach. They can still go back and say, I didn't throw it here because you were supposed to be doing this and you're supposed to do this. Still a whole lot of corrections just by getting them on the field and running routes. You ran like this, you're supposed to run like this. So they're still learning. And yeah, it is a long season. And I don't really expect week three to be a a, a big rookie game. Maybe it is, depending on the game plan and everything else. But if you think about it, even let's just say we lose week three, which seems devastating in the moment, but obviously it's not. I mean, being one and two sucks. But after that, you got the Patriots, then the Giants, then the Jets, then Washington. That's five weeks with with Tampa included. Five more weeks of these rookies playing and getting ready. So that by the time you get to Buffalo and presumably, hopefully, won those four games, now you're five and two. You're going into Buffalo, which is a scary game. Maybe you win, maybe you don't. But the the question is, these guys and 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 how they're coming along. David Bakhtiari, maybe he's coming back. Maybe he's never coming back. I have no idea. Matt Lafleur just did a press conference that gave me no confidence whatsoever. He he. He flat out said he has no idea if David Bakhtiari's playing, which isn't that surprising, but you'd have to listen to it for yourself, just the way he said it. And then he goes on to say, uh, I, I try not to even think about it. I try not to even let my mind go there. Like, oh my goodness, dude, this sounds like a disaster. But you got Elton Jenkins coming back, kind of knocking off the rust. You got the rest of these guys. You know, Josh Myers has still not played a lot of football. He had arguably his last, his best game last week. You know, John Runyon is still growing. He had maybe one of his best pass-blocking games which is shocking because that's his whole thing, but he was he was dominant. They're all getting better run blocking. The running, the run, you know, the running ability has clearly been better the last two weeks than we've seen in a long time. Even if Dylan kind of didn't get going as much last week. And then yeah, yeah, you, you add in the wide and it's not just the two rookie wide receivers. There's still Alan Lazard knocking off Rust. You got Sammy Watkins kind of getting acclimated to things. So the point is, by the time you get to midseason, week seven against Washington, week eight against Buffalo, coming out of that game, week nine against Detroit, 
10 against Dallas, Tennessee. Got the big game, which seems like a much bigger game now, uh, week 12 with the Eagles. Um, Bears in Chicago coming out of a bye week against the Rams. Miami's looking like a tough game. Minnesota, again, is a tough game. Detroit might be a tough game. The 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 real point of all this, though, it, it, it's not about the, the guy across from you. It's about what are the Packers. If the Packers are everything we hope they are, being a top-five defense and uh, being a, a high-quality offense with Aaron Rodgers and the receivers figuring things out and still being able to run the ball quite well, it's, it's, it's going to work itself out. Yes, some of these teams are, are, are going to end up being quite good. But if the Packers are what they need them to be, they're going to get in the playoffs and they're going to make a push this year. If they're not, then they're not. Maybe they don't go to the playoffs or maybe they do and they get knocked out just like every year. I don't know. But it's not even a matter so much of, you know, oh, shoot, we got to play Tampa. Oh, shoot, we got to play the Buffalo Bills. Oh, shoot, we got to play the Eagles and the Rams and the Dolphins and the Vikings and the Lions. And I know I keep saying the Lions like they're any good. They, they probably still suck, but I'm just giving them their due credit for being somewhat impressive through two weeks. We just need to focus on ourselves. And, and, and I think there is a lot of promise, as you said, in the fact that it's okay to bring them along slowly. It is. And the defense is very similar. The, the, the safeties had terrible week one. They improved marginally week two, but were still somewhat inadequate and still kind of weird things. I, I haven't watched it, but people who have are like, they're, they're, they seem very hesitant, you know? And I have gone back and see that, that was my whole issue just watching it live was nobody really seemed super eager to get in there and smash somebody, which is not what you want from a defense that's supposedly this very imposing defense. But there's time, you know? I, I don't think we grew enough to be... I mean, if, if the playoffs were tomorrow, we, we'd be dead. Dead in the water. We're not ready. We're not where we need to be. Guys aren't where they need to be. But a lot of growth from week one to week two. We see that continued growth. Even if it takes six weeks, so what? Just don't lose too many games that we're all basically mathematically eliminated, and we'll be fine. So, anyways, them's my thoughts. Hey, Ryan. Steve again from Up in Alaska. What up? Still listening to a couple of shows, catching back up, like I said. Um... <clears throat> Bill was asking about Thanksgiving and his turkeys and ways to deal with them smoking. Yeah. Spashcock. Yeah, there you, you go. Got, you have to take it and it's spashcock, which is, if anybody doesn't know what that is, is, is cutting it down the breastbone and then breaking it open and then laying it flat so that the, the backbone is in the center and both of your chunks of meat are on the side. You, uh, you do that for smoking purposes because if you if you leave it solid and it works for chicken as well, if you leave it solid, if you think about it, you have a a dead area inside, yeah. an air gap that you're not cooking very well because smoking is at a very low temperature and you're not cooking that inside well, which means as you had earlier mentioned, you end up with a whole lot of black on the outside because you're trying to smoke and trying to smoke and trying to get it to cook. Well, you're not getting that middle cook. If you spatchcock it, you break it open. Then you get a nice smoke. You put it on the bone side down. That means your fat's on top because your skin layer is on top, so your fat and all the drippings get to work through the meat. you got a nice shell layer from the bone underneath. So if you're uh, smoking and your heat's coming from below instead of it being more rounded heat, you're not going to have to worry about overcooking the bottom because the bone will protect that. And then for serving purposes, you can you can try to reclose it, but I, I personally think you just take and cut through the rib cage, then you can layer it and lay it down for present presentation purposes. But let's be honest, most of us for Thanksgiving, you you bring in out of that turkey and it's 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 cut up and, and ready for service because you know unless you 
in the 1950s and you had to be the man of the house and <laughs> cut it right there in front of everybody to prove that you did it. You could still do that, but I mean, honestly, it, let's bring it out and have it ready to eat because it's Thanksgiving and we've been watching football and man, I want to eat yeah. some turkey. But, um, that's my recommendation is batchcocking because it, it gives you a better smoke all around. It gives you a better cook ratio all around and it's much easier to control what you're doing. All right, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. So I've, I've never talked to anybody that's spatchcocked before and, and hasn't wildly recommended it. Basically, it's one of those things where it's like if once you've done it, you feel like an idiot for never having done it. I've never done it. I've cooked chicken breast, uh, on the grill. And I've cooked one whole chicken and I didn't spatchcock it and that was stupid. But everybody says that's absolutely the way to go. I just, it's funny you kind of mocked it because in in my mind, Thanksgiving turkey, seeing like this thing spread out flattened is like, that's not, that's not a Thanksgiving turkey though. That's, that's turkey. It's probably delicious turkey, but that's not a Thanksgiving turkey. You got to have that big dry bad bird just sitting up there, you know, and you start carving away at it with the. With that, with that one little fork that you only use on Thanksgiving for the Thanksgiving turkey, you know? But you are right. I mean, I, I, you know, everybody's gathered around watching football and everything else. If, if you've got a platter of already carved up turkey just sitting there that's juicy and succulent and smoky and delicious, and you're getting nothing but compliments about this is the best turkey I've ever had, nobody's going to care that that big dry bird isn't just propped up on some platter that's hiding somewhere collecting dust. But I don't know. I'm kind of kind of traditional that way. Kind of like it, you know. It's it's just it's it's all it's, it's, holidays are all about that feeling, you know. Just saying, it's up to you though. But yeah, that that is if you're going to cook a whole bird and you're planning on smoking it, there is not a single person in the barbecue community. Well, I shouldn't say that. There, there's very few people in the barbecue grilling community that will say you should do anything other than spatchcock. So I can't per- speak to it personally, other than to say that's what ninety nine percent of people will tell you to do: split that bird down the middle, flatten it, cook it up. Good to go. Mike? Good morning, Ryan. Hey, there he is. Morning. Packer super fan. What's going on, man? Hey, just, just wanted to call in this morning and uh, just give you a quick health check. All right. Uh, I'm absolutely doing just fine. <laughs> um, uh, and I just want to say I very much appreciate JJ checking in on me um, after that uh, that uh, Sammy Watkins performance yeah. the other night that was nice um very much appreciated um i did survive it um and i and i and i would you know but more seriously i just like to say you know it's you know the, the thing you got to remember about Sammy watkins is, is that uh, or what i said about him initially a couple of times is just that you know i was not a big fan of bringing any of these veteran wide receivers in I just did not want them to do that because I was very afraid that if they did do that, all they would do is take snaps away from these, these young guys that they drafted. Yep. And I think that's pretty much proven it's proven proven out so far. Um, I just think that Dobbs and, and, and Watson are the future, so why not? Let's just let's roll with it. Um, but as far as Sammy goes, all the reports in the locker room is he's a great guy, and and uh, the team really likes him. Obviously, twelve likes him. Um, so I got no beef with Sammy Watkins. Um, if he's if, you know going to give us three catches for ninety three yards, we'll take that. Like I said earlier, anything we get out of him is absolute gravy. So in week one, you know pretty much what I expected didn't do much. Week two, give Sammy his due. We're eating the gravy. So it's all good. 
but anyway, I just wanted to give you a health check. Uh, Packers fans doing just fine. So three thoughts, if I can remember what they were. I thought of them as you were talking, and I'm probably going to forget two of them. Um, nope, I might forget three of them. <laughs> The heck was I going to say? Um, number one, if I'm being completely honest here, because I, I genuinely or generally, I guess, agree that Sammy Watkins is going to be taking away snaps from the rookies. I mean, that's just that's obvious if you remove Sammy from from the equation, you know, so you, you're 100 percent right about that. Here's two other things that I, I believe, though. Number one, I think we lose last week if we remove Sammy from the equation. If we remove him and say we're going to move up Dobbs and Watkins, I think we lose. I just think it causes ripple effects. I, I, I don't think that they're 100% ready. I don't think Rodgers fully trusts them. I think there's probably going to be a bunch more mental errors. I think we're going to stall out on drives. Obviously, you take away the big plays. Maybe maybe uh, Christian could have done those same exact things. No big deal. I don't know. I just I don't know that we win it without Sammy this past week. Here's number two, though. I believe they want them to have a prominent role, and I believe when they're ready, they will take the mantle. I, I think it's going to be very similar you know, the, the example I always use is, um, you know, again, Dylan is not what I think is happening. Amari Rogers is not what's happening. This is not red shirt. I think this is closer to what we did with Kenny Clark. They loved Kenny. They knew his potential, but he did not start as, as the, the number one dude right away. It was Mike Daniels and, uh, who the heck was it? I think Latroy Guyon was, was sort of our number two defensive tackle. Kenny Clark was not getting a ton of snaps early on. In fact, week one, Kenny Clark, first-round pick, had nine total opportunities. Week two, he had 38, but he played like garbage. So they gave him a, a big week two, week three, and then he was back to 18 snaps week five, 25 week six, seven week 15. He just he lost a lot of confidence in the team. They dropped his snap count. We saw the rookies this year with uh, this past game with a drop in snap counts now that Lazard is back and everything else. But he really started to hit his stride around week 16. 89.9 overall grade, 85.1, 86.4, 91.6. That is about as elite of a four-game stretch as you'll see from any player in the entire NFL. And basically starting in, in the uh, postseason, you saw the first game 21, the second game 26, and then by the time we faced Atlanta, uh, he was getting 31 snaps, which he didn't see since basically those those two games where they tried to give him a lot of opportunities. And I don't know if that was due to injury or they're just like, let's see what this good kid can do. I don't know. But that was the first time he cracked 30 since since that game week three. And then, you know, so by this point, he's sort of the number two by the time the playoffs kicked off. And then by 2017, it was just it was the uh, Mike Daniels and, and Kenny Clark show. 37, 47, 43, 46, 51, 55, 65, 51. I mean, he's he is obviously the starter on the team. So I think it's going to be a little of that. When they're ready, they will be pushed to the front. And, and, and they... I don't mean ready in terms of necessarily ability, because again, we see these guys get open. Like I said, I just got the All-22, so I'm going to go back, and that's the first thing I'm going to do is watch Watson and Dobbs, and I'm going to make a little video about it. Post it up on the Substack, packernet.substack.com, if you want to check that out. You can grab yourself a free subscription, watch some of the other videos I did. Anyways, um, it's not even necessarily ability, it's just, and, and I don't know exactly what they're doing wrong, but there's certain things are just not quite getting right, but Watson in particular is open every single time he runs a deep route, every single time. I think he's doing a phenomenal job blocking. I think he's I think he's on the cusp. I just think there's a little tiny something that's not quite right, and I think it's similar with Dobbs. 
But again, Rodgers and LaFleur really like them and really want to push them to the forefront. They're just There's just something missing, and I don't know what it is. But I, I fully anticipate big breakout games from them. I really do. And and here's the other thing. I think I think this was the third thing. We know how this oper- this offense is going to operate. It's not like Sammy's going to be 93 yards every single week. We know that there's going to be a guy that blows up this week, a guy that blows up next week. We kind of had two this week, right? We all know Aaron Jones was a guy. Sammy Watkins was also kind of a guy. Three receptions, 93 yards is not a small day, 31 yards per reception. But, you know, he, he might not get another big game till week seven, week nine, whatever. We'll see how long he can stay healthy, if it's the full year or not. But And I, and I told you Sammy has these days. Week one last year was uh, four receptions, 96 yards. The next week was 44, then 68, then 49, then 35, 7, 48, 8, 39, and then he disappeared. But, you know, he has these big games, and then he has smaller games. But that's what we're going to get from Lazard. That's what we're going to get from Christian Watson. That's what we're going to get from Romeo Dobbs. And, and, and this is me, by the way, reminding you and everybody else, when Christian Watson has his big day, and it, it, I, pending any injuries or anything like that, I am very confident there will be at least one where he cracks 100 yards and a, a touchdown, right? He'll have his four receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown game. Do not overreact to that, because next week he's going to have one reception for seven yards. It's the nature of the offense, especially for young rookies. So I'm, I'm happy with the group. Because Sammy provides something, Lazard rides, and, and, and it gives us the opportunity to ride the hot hand. If Aaron Jones is the guy, ride Aaron Jones. If Sammy Watkins is the guy, make it happen. They're matchup things. You know, if, if you got Sammy on a guy a lot that kind of sucks at football and, you know, there, there's a certain area of the field. You know, week one, they were talking about what Minnesota was doing made it hard for us to get to the boundary, which is where Sammy lives. He lives on the outside. So Sammy didn't get a lot of attention. Other teams are not doing that as much, so Sammy's going to get some attention. Depends on matchup, depends on the quality of the player on that day, depends on the defenders and how they're playing and the scheme and the game plan and all that. But as long as we've got a full stable of guys, somebody is going to be able to be that guy. So I, that's the reason I'm happy Sammy's here, because he's just another guy, and it could have been Julio or anybody else. There, there, there obviously is reservations when you start talking about high quantities of money. Because now you're talking about expectations. Now you, it's not good enough for you to be like a once a, once every three, four, five week guy. But if we're paying you pennies like we kind of are with Sammy, was it four million bucks? All we need is for you to be that guy once in a while. And and if I can look at this schedule and say, we win these two games because of Sammy Watkins, it was worth it. It's just my thought. Hi, Ryan. This is my good Jackson. <laughs> Man, that when I first watched The Office going like all the way through or whatever, there were a couple the the office is not like a big bust a gut laughing kind of a show. It's it's more of a little chuckle kind of thing, but it's just it's a fun show and it, there are certain scenes that are that are it just kind of makes you smile, you know? Like, ah, that's funny. There were a couple times though where I was in stitches and that was one of them. When he was prank calling Ryan and <laughs> This is Michael Jackson. And his Mike Tyson sounds exactly like his Michael Jackson. This is Mike Tyson. <laughs> I yeah, I was I was in tears that and um as bad as it is because he wasn't a great star like I thought he would be. But I remember when Michael Scott left and they brought in D'Angelo Vickers and I remember thinking he's the perfect character but that first episode he's in there I think it was the first episode and when he, when he drops that eat some soap line oh my goodness I lost it 
Now, watching it back for the thousandth time, that you know, some of those scenes aren't quite as funny, like eat some soap, although it's a good one. But watching that live, I, I absolutely lost the with the Michael Jackson and the uh, yeah, that that was that was some high quality stuff. What's her address? One seventeen Von Bergen Street. Hello. Hey, Ryan. This is Michael Jackson calling from Wonderland. You mean Neverland? This is Tito. What? Calling from. Who's your emergency contact? Stacy. Pick up. Hello. This is Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> he bangs on the glass and tells him to pick up as he's prank calling him and then hides behind his desk like he doesn't want him to see who's talking to him. Such a stupid show. I love it. All right. What else we got going on here? Hey, Ryan. It's Daryl from Lubbock. Hey. Uh, sorry I haven't called in a while. Okay. Awesome win. I knew they were going to beat the Bears. I mean, come on, get real. Right. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm actually feeling really good about this game against the Bucks this weekend. Just kind of want to see how you're feeling about it. Uh, I just got the news from NFL, my NFL app. Uh, Evans is suspended even after the appeal. It's upheld yeah. one game suspension. Um, so now I feel really good about this game. I, I if we stop four nets. I see Preston and Gary just murdering Tom Brady. No. Maybe that's just fantasy of mine. But uh, anyways, uh, I feel really good about this matchup. Um, just wanted to call and let you know that uh, this Packer fan uh, feels good about this game this weekend. Uh, anyways, you take care of yourself, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, I've kind of talked about it a little bit as far as just general concern because it's Tampa and we've struggled against Tampa. I've spent very little time digging into it, but I'll give you a couple of the notes that I have so far. Just very, very cursory looks at things. Number one, um, their left tackle being out is massive. Um, Their left tackle is, by the way, their their backup left tackle. So I think it was Donovan Smith is their left tackle. Very, very good football player. He's he's been injured. He's on IR, I think. Then they bring in whatever his name is. He's out. So it's my understanding that I forget the guy's name, Fred Johnson or something. Never really heard of him. He's coming in. He's going to play. He's not great. He was a Bengals backup. Imagine being a backup for the Bengals. I mean, how bad do you have to be to back up one of the worst offensive lines? You're not good enough to start for that offensive line. That's crazy. Anyways, he's he's starting. So although Tristan Wirfs is there and is one of the best tackles in football, which he's going to be on the right side, I believe, unless they're so paranoid about the left side, they're going to move Tristan to that side. But I don't think so. I think he's entrenched on the right side. I, that's generally Rashawn's side, so that that might neutralize things. But I'll tell you what, Preston, from a number standpoint, has actually been a little better than Rashawn. I mean, he's he is on pace. He's just killing it right now. I think he's going to have a field day. On top of that, the interior has become a serious problem for them, and Kenny is is playing at a, a higher level than I've seen maybe since. I mean, last year he was doing quite well too for for a for a while. I, I he usually starts slow, so for him to start this white hot is is pretty shocking, um, and and it's all basically pass rush. And, and again, I haven't gone back and looked at last week, but one of the few times I've 
glanced at a couple of plays. Kenny's getting double teamed. He's get somebody else showed a, a a him doing the little Reggie White hump move, which I always called the swim move, which isn't accurate, but that's just what we called it. But his little hump move where he gets under a guy and literally just launches him. So that dude's playing on another level right now. Um, so I know that's a good thing. Secondarily, I looked at Tom Brady because I knew they were struggling a little bit. And um, he has not had, just from a PFF grade standpoint, and he's not playing terribly, but he's, he's in like the 60s something, 67-ish range. I don't know. He has not had a two-game stretch this bad since 2014, I think it was. It was a long time ago since he's he's had a, a he's had bad games, but in two he's never had two games back to back without having like one good game, right? He'll he'll have like a, a sixty overall grade, and then the next one will be a ninety. Last week, I think week one he was like a ninety four. Now you could look at that and say maybe he's due, or we look at it and say something's wrong. He retired and then decided to come out of retirement. Apparently, there's some marital issues, which you know don't need to really delve into that. But let's be honest, it's serious stuff. You know, being a football player means you are 100% focused on football. And when you got these kinds of issues, and now apparently he's taking days off during the week, he's got it worked into like his contract or whatever his agreement, part of the agreement to come back basically is I'm taking time off. Like I'm, I'm going to leave for 10 days before the season starts and then I'm going to come back, but I'm not working on Mondays but, or Wednesdays, but I guess he is this Wednesday probably because he lost all his receivers and needs a little bit extra time and doesn't want to lose to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home. But, you know, there's just, there's weird things going on with Tom Brady. And I, I actually want to work real hard and look into some of the stats and find out what's, what's different and what's changed with Tampa. Because, you know, maybe it's just two weeks, but, you know, they're sub 20 points a game, which, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the league is, including the Packers. And their defense, obviously, has only allowed 13 points in two weeks. So that's phenomenal. But, you know, some, something is not great with the offense. Something's not quite right. And, um, you know, it's my first thought was pressure. And if you look at just general PFF grades, Tampa Bay ranks 22nd with a 59.4 pass blocking grade. But if you just look at his pressures, um, I forget exactly what the numbers were, but that was the other thing I noticed. It's almost exactly identical to his pressure rate last year. It's actually a slightly better this year for him. In, In other words, being pressured slightly less. So it's not as though he's being pressured more. And and even so, the the issue seems to be more so just from a clean pocket, just general routine passes. His deep passes, basically the same grade, same stats and everything, but it's the uh, intermediate to short passing stuff that has drastically gone down. Just your, your general, your normal, generic 10-yard passes, something's just not there. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't expect Tom Brady to stay down. He never does. He never has. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but but there are a lot of things to be optimistic about. There's a lot of things to be scared of, but you know, losing your three wide receivers, which technically the, the Packers did too, although we got Lazard back. But uh really, really tough defense. You know, I mean completely shut down the Dallas Cowboys. I know they looked like a disaster, but they came back and won next week with Cooper Rush. So a lot of that might just be Dallas or Tampa's defense is freakish to only allow three points. And then again, the Saints. Saints only allowing ten points. That's that's pretty um pretty remarkable in my book so you know that and that's what makes me nervous these are the teams we struggle against you know when we can't get into an offensive rhythm and you know we struggled to get into an offensive rhythm against the vikings who are not as good of a team as tampa and let's be honest it was a little slow against against uh against the bears i mean it's it's because they're such a joke of a franchise but you know we're gonna look at this packers team and say you basically need to be perfect in this game you can't be making mental errors you can't be putting the ball on the ground 
You know, guys need to be where they need to be. They need to be running the and 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 the blocking needs to be significantly better because that's another thing. Rodgers has been under duress a ton, and that is against two teams that are not really expected to be such great pass rushers. They didn't have as good a pass rush week two, Minnesota. The Bears have two weeks in a row, so maybe they actually have somewhat of a pass rush. But I don't know. I'm I'm nervous if if the pass rush is getting home with the Vikings and the Bears. I'm thinking this may be a somewhat of a disaster against Tampa Bay, and that and that's all it takes. If if they're able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, the game's pretty well over. And as far as running the ball, I don't know exactly where they stand. It says here that they rank 19th in yards per attempt, which is very low for them defensively. But this is historically one of the best run defense teams in football, so that makes me a little bit nervous. So I'm nervous, but there are areas that you can look at and say, hey, you know, again, the wide receivers are gone. Tom Brady looks a little weird. Offensive line has been decimated since the last time we saw them, especially for Tom Brady and what he's used to. So I don't know. We'll see if I have any time. I'll go back and try to watch last week's game and see if I notice anything. But them is my thoughts so far. All right, we got one more caller. We got Garrett back in SIU. Hey, Ryan, this is Garrett. What's up? Hey, I saw uh, lately that uh, Brian Bumgarner, uh, a.k.a. Kevin from The Office, is apparently a Packers fan. He is. He's actually friends with Aaron Rodgers, interestingly enough. And I thought maybe you need to, because he has his own podcast, right. obviously. You ought to reach out to him and see if he won't uh, guest appear on maybe one of your shows sometime. Uh, just a suggestion, maybe uh, you can try it out. And then the other thing is... Um, yeah, I uh, I had considered that. I know at one point I was looking into... Because he was trying to, I, I he was doing like the the media circuit thing. I know he went on like the Packer Lady Pod or the Packer Lady, my goodness, the Office Ladies Podcast to try to promote his own show and all that stuff. So he, that's usually a good time to catch people is when they're trying to promote their thing and they're doing the media tours and then you reach out and they're like, oh yeah, sure, I'll do it. Um, I don't remember exactly why I just gave up on it. Probably in part because I don't really like doing interviews and I don't know what to ask him. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's listen, I I like Brian Baumgartner. That has nothing to do with, like, do you want to sit down and ask him questions about being a fan? Like, no. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just, I like him, and if he wants to talk Packers, I'll, I'll listen to him, but I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what am I supposed to say to the guy? Hey, man, you a Packer fan? Yeah, I know. We, we knew that, and you knew that we knew that. That's why we invited you on. What do you think of the game? Pretty good game there, huh? It's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. There's that, and then there's the other thing where nobody ever says yes when I ask them, and I just didn't feel like putting in the word. I, I think the other thing was, so I figured out who his agent was. It's pretty easy to find the information. And I was like, that's what I'm going to have to do, because I don't think his his Twitter thing is open or anything's open or whatever. So other than like doing that lame thing, I shouldn't say lame, some people listening do this, but that one thing where you go on Twitter and you just use their Twitter handle in a tweet out to the whole world, and you're like, hey, you should come on our show. And it's like, I don't know, that just feels beggy and i don't want to do that so the only other thing would be to reach out to his agent and be like hey i've got a podcast i'd be happy to help him promote his show if he'd be willing to you know just come on hang out just talk some packers and we'll talk about his show whatever no big deal and i just i just didn't do it i don't know it's same with like packer players like i i know it would be like a huge cloud thing i'll be honest though i i don't think it's every thing i've listened to that as a player as a host of a show is not a good show I don't think players make good podcast hosts, you know, just like podcast hosts make bad football players. I just don't think they're good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've listened to may- maybe like Wildy and Tausch, 
You know, it's not to say that some of these guys, you know, obviously Pat McAfee, and there's some guys that have that personality, but I I feel like we try to force players into the role because they're players, and so they obviously give better content, having sort of inside knowledge, but it's usually just not good. It's just not. And so aside from like the, this is kind of cool factor, it's just not a good thing to, it's not entertaining. Every time I've, I've like tuned into those, it's always, it's, my thought is always like, that's really cool for them that they got them on their show. That's it. And then, you know, the, the only really cool thing would be is if, if there was a, a sound bite that was like a really good sound bite that got picked up by somebody. You know, if, if I had Devante jump on my show and he made some kind of a comment about like he didn't like Aaron Rodgers or whatever, be like, dang, that's a big sound clip. That's going to get picked up by the whole universe and then my show is going to blow up. But I don't know. It's what happens when you're just like an extreme introvert. It's just I, I like admiring people from afar. You stay over there and I'm going to watch you and be like, all right, cool. You know? I like watching Aaron Rodgers on the TV. If he came on my show, would I do? Of course. I I would never say no to that. Would I enjoy it? No. (laughs) I wouldn't. I don't know what to say to the guy. Best case scenario is you drop your guard, you pull a Pat McAfee thing, you just kind of hang out and talk about nonsense and go from there. That's why I always thought it would be cool if I got anybody, it would be somebody that like barbecue, like uh, Joe Thomas or something I think does that. And just be like, let's just talk food, you know? Kick back and talk nonsense. Trying to make him like an insider. What are your thoughts on this situation? They don't freaking know. He's just a dude that used to play football. He don't, how is he going to know? So yeah, I, uh, I did know about it. I did think about it. It's one of those things in the back of your head. They're like, you should do that. And then when you think like, okay, how is it going to go on your show? It's like, I don't, I don't know. It's just how my brain works. I, I just sabotage all those, all those thoughts. This would be a good idea. Nah, it'd be stupid. All right, we won't do it then. If the Bears play really good when it's raining, apparently... Maybe when they build their new stadium and it's a, a <laughs> dome, that they could install heavy-duty sprinklers overhead and yeah. just turn them on during the whole game, every game, and simulate a monsoon. Yeah, just a suggestion. Well, you could just have a good one, Ryan. Yeah, you just run like run like hoses and like poke holes in them and just let it spray all over the place and flood the field and uh, it'd be soaking wet. It'd be like a fun experience. It's like a water park. You go in there and. Could be like the Brewers, they have that slide. You can have a couple slides, and it'll be like water slides for the fans to go through. You could charge for it or something. Uh, it's just the wet and wild zone. I wonder if that's legal. I'm sure it's not, but like what rule is in the rule book that says like you're not allowed to flood your own field? And if there isn't a rule, I'm just saying that's a heck of an advantage. You learn to play in slop. You know, you get specially made cleats and uniforms and gloves that are made to play in water. I don't know. I'm sure there's something. And you get to. See, and, and that's where the that's where the rule book would have to come into play somewhere where it's like, are you maybe amping up the amount of water when the other team's on the field and kind of dropping it down when your team's on the field? I don't know. When you get to play God and play Mother Nature, I mean, during a storm, does it have to rain equally? It didn't rain equally in the Bears game, I'm just saying. Did the Vikings blow their stupid horn when they're, you know, trying to convert a third down? No. So why can't the Bears... Do their, you know, third down sprinkler thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's how we get the fans fired up. We just splash water on the other team. I don't know, man. The whole thing's stupid. Play better in the rain. No, you don't. You play like trash in the rain. I hate that they won that game. I really do. I mean, I don't because it got their hopes up. And like I said, let them get their hopes up because they're going to get dashed in week two against the Packers. And that's exactly what happened. But it's still annoying that they think that they played well in week one. It's like, oh my goodness, did you watch the game? You sucked so hard. Pure garbage. 
Anyways, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a great day. I will hopefully talk to you tomorrow. Get your calls in, 608-7... Nope, what is it? What's the thing? 501 608-501-0718. 608-501-0718. Get your calls in, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.